it is a new approach to public speaking that I'm going to be talking about. And it does apply to literally every single person, whether you're in the workplace or if you're at home with your family teaching your children something new, or you're at a wedding and you're the best man, the maid of honor, public speaking applies literally to everybody. Welcome to the Fortage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's featured message. Welcome everyone to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. My name is Nick Koya with the Ohio Bureau of Workers' Compensation and the Portage County Safety Council. We are here again getting ready for Ohio Safety Congress and Expo 2024. This is the largest safety congress in the Midwest with speakers from all over the United States and an opportunity to see some of the latest inventions and newest tools and trades that are out there for the safety and health industry. As we prepare for Ohio Safety Congress and Expo, we took an opportunity to look at the list of speakers and identify what we will, what we believe to be the best of the best presenters. And joining us today is Rachel from Ripolato Strategies LLC. Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. It is truly an honor to to be here with you today and also to speak with everybody at Safety Congress later this year. My passion in life is helping people find more fulfillment in their careers. And one of the ways we can do that is by facing one of the biggest fears we have, public speaking. So that's what I'll be discussing at Congress later in March. You know, we talked a little bit before we started our recording today about your presentation, and I'll be honest, I'm really excited. You know, public speaking is one of the greatest fears that people have. They don't like talking in front of colleagues. They don't talk like talking in front of large audiences. It is a big hurdle for people to overcome. And to hear you stepping out on that stage and setting a new approach to it is really exciting for me because it's a tool that entry-level safety individuals need all the way up to our top executives. Because if we don't deliver the message right, and if we can't deliver the message, it's never going to change the culture of the organization. Absolutely. And that's the way I think of it as well. It is a new approach to public speaking that I'm going to be talking about. And it does apply to literally every single person, whether you're in the workplace or if you're at home with your family teaching your children something new, or you're at a wedding and you're the best man, the maid of honor, public speaking applies literally to everybody because it's a form of communication and it's a tool. And one of the things that I care about is making it something that isn't as intimidating. And it's something that you can use to better communicate your messages so that people retain what you said and so they can apply it later. It's not just about regurgitating information like we had to do on our eighth grade speech, reading the essay aloud and highlighting the words that we're gonna look up at the audience at. No, this is more about how to make sure you as a public speaker are showing up for your audience and putting them first so that they're taking something away from this incredible opportunity. You know, this is not an email, it's not a newsletter, it's not a recording or a video or something that they're just going to be watching or reading on their laptop. This is an opportunity for you to engage with them on a very human level. You know, this is a whole new approach and it's really a game changer because 
the way we deliver the message will change the culture. And it doesn't affect just those massive stages, right? A lot of times when people hear public speaking, they immediately start thinking of, oh, you know, it's I only need this if I'm speaking in front of 500 people. It could be that small team meeting with five people. It's how we deliver a message so that it's not only heard, but it's retained and how we can be successful at that. Absolutely. Yes. I think everyone thinks of the big podium like it's a political speech that we're giving to a crowd of 30 plus people. But no, it can really be a speech that you have for one or two people. Sometimes it's just a conversation. You know, if you're a salesperson talking to potential clients, if you are leading a discussion in the boardroom, if you are a foreman and you're training on a toolbox talk, if you're in HR and you're training, everybody on open enrollment this year. That is when public speaking really matters. And the approach that I teach is very different. It doesn't start with what is the content of the speech? What are the things that you have to memorize and say perfectly? Make sure that your list of notes is completely ready to go so you can check each one off. Instead, we start with the state of the audience and your physical and emotional state going into the room. How can you give yourself the confidence you need, regardless of what the topic is, so that you can present to your audience and you can also be a leader in showing them how they get to respond to you. Because when you walk into that room and it doesn't matter who you are, their eyes are on you and they're looking for you to be the one to tell them how they're supposed to engage in this conversation. It's definitely, an opportunity to create a new momentum with the group of people you're talking to. It can also be an opportunity, we've all been there, where, where the room kind of falls apart and you lose folks. So I talk about what kind of tools can we do to shift the energy in the room so it's what it needs to be. And it's not always going to be the same. You know, if you're in in the field and you're giving a safety talk, that's going to be one thing. If you're given the speech at the wedding, it's going to be a different energy, a different state that you're trying to get for yourself and your audience. After state, the next thing I really focus on is who is that audience? Is it a new hire who's going out into the plant for the very first time and every single word you say is a brand new word and every single acronym you have? is just completely foreign? Or is this somebody who's been working at the facility for the past 25 years? Knowing who your audience is, and sometimes the mix of the audience will help you know how to engage with them, how to speak with them. So it doesn't feel like you're talking to a group of 30 people, but instead they hear you talking to them specifically. You hit on two really good points there. And I kind of want to go back to that emotional state first. How we come out in front of our audience, be it in the boardroom, be it at home, or be it in the podium in front of a thousand people, our energy level, our confidence is going to play out into that audience. And if we don't have that, if we're not in the game at the moment, I think it really changes how well your message is delivered. You could take a subpar message and make it amazing just with your energy level. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and this is not my technique. I've heard many, many people say it, but one of the things I think about before every single speech I give, and I am someone who gets just as nervous as anyone else, but one of the things I tell myself is that the feeling of fear, it's something that's manifested physically, and it's the same physical feeling as being excited. 
And so when I have that two minutes before a speech, what I always think is I feel my muscles tense up and I could feel my jaw kind of clenching and, and I could feel, you know, I, I'm even maybe a little sweaty and I just think, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. I say, no, I'm not nervous. This is what excitement feels like. This is what it feels like when you're in a long line at Cedar Point and finally it's your turn to go in the front row of the roller coaster and you are about to go on this amazing experience. You feel this excited energy. And I know when I can come into a room and I can feel my excited energy and I, I believe that's what it is. I tell myself that's what it is. I know I'm going to engage with my audience on another level. It's the days that I show up and I'm not nervous, I'm not fearful, I'm not excited that I don't give meaningful speeches. And I really, I believe some of that fear comes from that eighth grade lecture that we had to give because it's all about criticism. You did this right, but you did this, this, and this wrong. And so when we stand in front of people, we have this internal dialogue. At least I find myself having this dialogue. Well, they didn't, I didn't move right. I didn't stand in the right place. It didn't deliver the message the way I want to. There's so much criticism, but the reality is when you sit in the audience, a hundred things could go wrong and they won't notice any of them. It's, we have to get past that fear of that criticism of ourselves. Absolutely. And you know what? Things will go wrong. You will say, um, you will trip up your words. You will mispronounce something on your PowerPoint and it's okay. Nobody is sitting there with a list of everything that you messed up on your speech. What they're there for is to get the content that they need so that they went, when they go to whatever they're doing next, they can take that information with them. You know, we need to make sure that we're considering their time, their energy, and their needs as audience members. And if we can fill those 100%, we can make sure they're leaving with a meaningful message that they can carry home with them. And maybe this is information that can protect them so they can go home safely to their families. Then we know we succeeded. It has nothing to do with whether or not you said, um, um is okay. And I, I know that in, in eighth grade, it wasn't, but I'm, I'm here to tell you, it's okay. As long as your audience gets something from the message that you were trying to give them. Which brings us to that second point that you hit on is tailoring our presentations to our audiences. You know, the idea of having this, this toolbox cookie cutter presentation that works for everybody, it doesn't. Because the energy, the thought process I'm going to deliver to the frontline workers is much different than what I'm going to deliver in the boardroom. And we have to take a time, I believe, as professionals to really make sure while the core message may be the same, the delivery, the approach, the stories need to change depending on those audiences that we're working with. I 100% agree. Yes. You don't need to come into a speech with a line by line of everything you say. And in fact, if you do, it won't speak to your audience members because you're going to be behind your piece of paper or your iPad. You won't be engaging and you won't have the flexibility to change what you're saying to respond to what your audience is telling you in that moment. One of the things that I love to do is, of course, I have an outline of the things that I want to cover. And I have an outline of what needs to happen, what we need to accomplish, because I have information that they need to take with them. But I always leave in the flexibility to stop and assess the room around me. There are times where your audience members might be able to contribute to your speech. You know, you have an expert in the room, you might be covering 
all sorts of information, but you have an expert in the room and they're getting a little antsy, it might be an opportunity to allow them to speak up and say, you know what, you know, Tony or whoever it is, I hear that you had a really interesting story about this very topic. Can you explain to us why such and such is so important? Why three years ago when this thing happened, did we all learn from this event? You were there firsthand. All right. And it provides this context. It also lets your audience know you're not speaking at them. You're speaking with them. And you're not there because you're just doing your job by showing up that day and, and making a speech. You're there because you care about your audience. You care about what they're doing here and now, and you care about where they go next. It's all about reading the audience. And I think that's a skill set that we have to learn as public speakers is that I may have that outline of what I want, but depending on how the audience is reacting to things, I will adjust, speed up, slow down, add story, add laughter story, add sad story, right? Like being able to relate to the audience and react to them is so important. When we're stuck to those strict talking points, it becomes difficult to deliver that excellent speech that gets people really excited. And, and I just have to add, I love that you bring in these stories. You know, one of the things we see in today's day and age is this over-reliance on PowerPoint. And we read our PowerPoints and we have each slide and it's, you know, they can be very beautifully set up. It's, it could be the graphics, graphics can be amazing, but there is something that's lacking when you're just clicking through a PowerPoint and you're not allowing for that flexibility to talk to your audience. And when you have those stories planted and, you know, ready to bring up spontaneously, maybe it wasn't spontaneous, maybe you had it planned a little if you needed to use it, but having that ready to go because you never know what is going to speak to your audience member, what's going to click with them and the information they already have, the experience they already have so they can carry your messaging forward. You know, I've always said the difference between my one hour and three hour presentation on most topics is the number of stories and how deep in the weeds we're going to get with that. It's the core message, the core learning objectives are still there. And people relate to stories. I can give you all the facts in the world and you're going to know it today. And a week from now, you're going to forget it. But you're going to remember that story. You're going to be like, man, I remember that time that Nick was up there talking and he told this story about this. And that story is relatable and easy to pull back to, to, to the forefront of your mind. Right. If a story has an emotional charge to it, we are more likely to remember it. And it can be funny. It could be scary. It could be sad. But we're more likely to remember it and also remember the context in which that story was brought up. So who said it and why did they tell me that story? That's where you get that imagery that they can then carry forward and not only carry with them intellectually. That's wonderful. We love that but that doesn't get the job done. And that doesn't keep people safe, you know, in, in the context of being in a facility, knowing something, knowing to wear your PPE, to put your gloves on is not the same as actually going and find the proper gloves to wear and doing it, or making sure that your colleagues are being safe as well. And stories are a great way to make sure that it not only sticks in your memory, but you know the reason why when you leave that presentation, why am I going to do this thing that keeps me safe and make sure that my colleagues are safe and I can go home safely to my family? Absolutely. You know, before the show, we talked a little bit about your three main points. And the third point that, you, that you're covering at Ohio Safety Congress is about content and how do we sort through all that data? 
I know that if I have a topic that I want to talk on, we could just end up in the weeds really fast with a lot of data. So talk to me a little bit about that. How do we manage so much information, not making it information overload? The first thing we need to do in terms of research is go find the expert. You can do all the research you want online. There is plenty of information out there, as we all know. But if you have someone at your company that is already the expert, maybe you're talking about welding safety. I think you should go start with the folks who do welding and who make sure and train on that to make sure their folks are, are safe on a daily basis and making sure that, you know, there's no issue, um, you know, th that could occur there. First, start there. Second, if you have SOPs in place, you should go look at those SOPs and make sure that your procedure that's in action aligns with what we actually say we do. Beyond that, we have wonderful resources. I mean, EPA website, OSHA website, DOT website, where they already synthesized in very digestible articles or just pamphlets of what you can be teaching from a safety environmental DOT perspective. There is so much information out there. The challenge is as the presenter is to synthesize it into a coherent message that people can take with them. You don't want to give them the entire encyclopedia because you'll lose the audience and they're not going to remember anything. Give them what they can take in bite-sized chunks I always start with my expert because my expert already knows where I need to do my research. Start with your expert. Start with your expert. And that's also where you can get a few stories too. These are real stories happening within my company that I can now share. Go see if you have any standard operating procedures available. Make sure you've read through those, you understand them, and that it's actually happening. And then go to those other resources that you can easily find online. It's your job to synthesize it. And I know it's it's a lot. It's a funnel of information. And you want to take probably, I mean, if it's an hour long speech, that's going to take me at least five to 10 hours to really synthesize the information down to an hour of what I'm going to present. And it's okay. It should take a long time because you're doing that heavy lifting so that your audience members don't have to, so that they can get what they need to be safe or to register for open enrollment, or to make the sale, whatever it is that they need to do. You know, Rachel, there's so much information, uh, and I could spend all day talking about this, but I don't want to give your whole presentation away before we get to Ohio Safety Congress. So as we prepare to head down to Columbus here in a couple months, and to be part of Ohio Safety Congress and Expo, what's the one thing you want listeners today to do? What is one change they can make in their life, one action step they can take, to prepare for themselves to be better public speakers and to be prepared for Ohio Safety Congress? The very first thing that they should do today is ask themselves, who is the audience? Who's in my audience and what do they need from me? Why do they need me to present this here today in this format? Ask yourself that question and you will find the answer. You will know why you need to do this in person, and it's not going to be a newsletter or a pamphlet or an online training. You will find your answer. What do they need? Who are they and what do they need? That's awesome. I encourage our listeners to go out and listen to that. Listen, if they, if they have questions before Ohio Safety Congress and Expo, you know, they, they're excited about this. They have questions. They want to engage with your company. What's the best way for them to get a hold of you? 
So the best way to get a hold of me right now is through my LinkedIn, Rachel Polito. And we will be listing additional information, um, I think, in the footnotes of this podcast with a website and additional email address you can reach me at as well. Awesome. I am so excited. I will definitely be checking out your presentation and hopefully get a chance to meet with you in person at Ohio Safety Congress and Expo 2024. Thank you for joining us here with Portage County Safety Council podcast today. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to meeting you and our audience members later this year as well. All right. And to our listeners, everyone, have a great week and stay safe out there. The Ohio Safety Congress and Expo, hosted annually by the Ohio Bureau of Workers' Compensation, is the nation's largest free occupational safety conference focusing on helping employers improve safety and health within their business. Over 7,000 attendees gain knowledge and earn continuing education credits by participating in over 150 educational sessions workshops, and leading keynote presentations. Find the best solutions to your biggest challenges while networking with over 350 exhibitors in the Expo Marketplace. This year's event will be live and in person on March 27th through the 29th at the Greater Columbus Convention Center in Columbus, Ohio. For more information or to register for free online, visit their website at www dot ohio safety congress.com thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed today's podcast for more episodes check us out on your favorite podcast app apple podcasts google podcasts pandora spotify amazon music iHeartRadio, and more to get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device be sure to subscribe to learn more about how your company can earn an ohio bwc premium rebate by becoming an active member of the portage county safety council please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.com.